Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. Good morning. I'm Baron Bremner. Today on Joint Effort, I'm really happy to have Chris Weedman, a good friend of mine, and uh, Johnston, athletic trainer, who uh, has had a lot of experience in the field, and we're going to go into your background and um, kind of audience for this might be patients or parents or athletes and also might be um, some you know kids in high school who might think that's a job they want to do and are trying to figure out what it's like and how, how you can get there. So thanks for being on the show. Great to be here. Tell me a little bit about your background like um, before college. Where did you grow up and things uh, like that? Grew up central Iowa. Uh, graduated from Martinsville St. Mary's uh, High School. So small little community about uh, 20 minutes south of the airport. Uh, there in Des Moines, and uh, uh, not a farmer, but definitely out in the country. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, have an interest in playing uh, athletics or in yes. that in high school? Yeah, started out uh, 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 playing basketball and, and running track. A mm-hmm. um, couple football coaches uh, kind of recruited me to kind of help out, and uh, actually at the time, um, there was an outreach program with uh, uh, Methodist. There was a, what was called the Sports Medicine Clinic, and they ran a uh, like a three-day little student trainer oh, uh, really? camp clinic way back in the day, and and uh, that's what kind of got me started. And uh, one of my mentors, uh, Marty Andrig, uh, ended up being the uh, athletic trainer for the uh, men's and women's uh, swim team at the uh, Australian Olympics. Oh, wow. uh, way uh, back then. Huh. So so yeah. So um, kind of got a got a taste of it and they they uh said you know this this is a real profession <laughs> not just something to do for fun and uh started looking at it a little bit a little bit closer and and uh went into um you know that that junior senior year uh, made the mistake of sending out a a blank uh, kind of form letter asking um, schools if they had programs and was on everybody's mailing list for, for oh, quite a wow. while so so was it back then um was it pretty uncommon for a for a university or college to have a track for certified athletic trainers well back then we would have had two different uh two different programs in in each state there was a curriculum base which the university of iowa would have been uh in iowa and then everyone else was an internship base and so basically when it boiled down um the curriculum base you were taught how to take our our certification exam whereas um being from an internship base uh we were taught or learned how to be an athletic trainer. So um, basically now they've kind of molded those together. There's been a couple different uh, reiterations of, of the education uh, programs through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, now transitioning more to uh, uh, entry-level masters uh, recently. But um, so back back when I was in, in undergrad, would have um, needed about 1,500 hours of, of experience and so um, once you were done, you graduated, then you sat for a national exam, which in essence covered everything you were supposed to learn, is how, okay. how I like to say it. So, so now, um, you know, if somebody's a freshman in college and they decide this is on their radar, what are their options? How, how can they become uh, an well, ATC? Now, so kind of depending on, on the different programs out there, um, there's some that, that uh, I know like down uh, St. Louis University, um, they have a, a 3-2 program. Um, I believe Iowa State was working on that um, as well. But a lot of them is going to be um, you get done with more or less like a health science degree or like a um, slightly different than a, a pre-med. 
Okay. Uh, very, very similar. So probably for ease would, would say that. Um, pre-physical therapy, pre-athletic training, pre-occupational therapy. Um, they're all going to look for some of the same science-based classes. And then you would go on to um, an additional, you know, postgraduate so three uh, two meaning like five years of yes for yep it? Okay, yep instead gotcha. of a instead of a six-year uh program where you get four at an undergrad and then go somewhere else um these would be contained gotcha. so most of them are going to be at a university because it's an easy transition so it's a help, it's kind of helpful if you know in high school that you want to go into it because you can maybe pick a place where you can get it done yeah. in five years and yep and, and do it all together as a cohesive track yeah um so what is the degree then that you get to become a athletic trainer? Well, so um, back then, the uh, so when I was in, in undergrad, uh, that curriculum base would have been the only uh, school in each state that you were able to have a degree in athletic training. Um, everyone else, it's a, a long, wordy uh, degree. So I graduated from Coe College, and, and at that time it was uh, um, – either going to be in biology or, or physical education. It was kind of a, a mash of, of those two, two different degrees. So mine is uh, uh, physical education with a collateral concentration in athletic training. Okay. So which in essence means it wasn't a minor, it was more than a minor, but everything that I did was geared towards that, that concentration. I see. And what is, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get uh, an athletic trainer to bristle a little bit if you just call them a trainer. What's the difference between, and it's people at the gym have a trainer. Yeah. What's the difference between if you call somebody, if you say you're a trainer or you're an athletic trainer? Yep. So that's that's an old label that, that has been around forever. And, and nationally, they've, they've tried to say, okay, we're part of the healthcare. And so a lot of times that... Um, that label being more fitness, there's there's an easy um, mistake. Um, actually, one of my first jobs, um, I had a, a, a wife of, of someone who was introducing me, and it was with a hockey team. And they're like, well, what's a horse trainer doing with a hockey team? <laughs> um, so it kind of, you know, that that is like he laughed and he was like, yeah, he's going to teach a horse how to skate on the, on the ice. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of bristle. There's a lot of similarities. Um, we're going to be, um, we're kind of a jack of all trades um, when it comes to athletics. So um, I've kind of, you know, I've kind of come and gone with the, the bristling. It's like, you know what, as long as, I mean, hey you um, works as well. Um, earlier, uh, before we started, I kind of made the joke that, you know, I pop out when I'm necessary. Well. That sometimes is hey you it's it's you know trainer is easier to say, um, but ultimately it comes down to from that that terminology athletic trainer is what what uh, we want to have used even though um, the profession of athletic training is not just in athletics um, they there's actually some programs where they're embedded with the military um, there's some with uh, civil service for police and firefighters. Um, uh, Amazon employs them to help with ergonomic uh, issues. So um, it's kind of one of those where um, we, we wear many hats. And um, from a standpoint of um, just the other day, I had um, two different athletes that, that had very similar injuries. And I was trying to explain um, basically some low back pain um, to a wrestler cross country. And I knew that he was inefficient. And basically related um, where how his body was working was 
the way when he sets a line and he's trying to really I know who that wrestler fast. is. <laughs> yes. Well, let, let's go on to your, uh, you know, your position now. Tell us what you, you know, what your responsibilities are and where you work and kind of what your days are like. Sure. So um, that's probably the the thing that I enjoy the most. Um, every day is is completely different. Um, yes, I have some structure. So I I um, currently I work uh, for Athletico. Um, I'm, that's who pays me. Um, however, my time is all spent at uh, Johnson High School, and so um, days and evenings kind of vary uh, per per the um, athletic season and, and the event schedule. Mm-hmm. So um, today being a Friday, we're going to have a uh, this is homecoming week, so it's a little this week's been a little little bit. Uh, well, thanks for being crazy. here on a yeah. busy week. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had the parade last night, so that was actually a, a, a good night for me because that meant everybody was out uh, out early, and they they uh, had to get mm-hmm. to the parade route. Um, but today would be um, a day where I'm going to probably be in um, at the school, getting ready for a seven o'clock game, starting around um, noon, eleven o'clock, um, getting things set up so that um, everything runs really smoothly. Um, I don't look like I'm running around or feel like I'm running around mm-hmm. um, all chaotic, but um, that we're able to, to get things settled. Um, I like to think of myself as a duck on a pond. Um, when you see me on the sidelines, I'm just kind of floating there. Um, nobody really sees how much what was done before mm-hmm. and, and obviously after um, the clock stops. But there are obviously other sports going on too during football. So yes. what, are yep. people gonna trickle into a training room to see you today yeah. from other so, sports? Yep. So typically um, my hours that I have posted um, would be anywhere from two or th- uh, two o'clock or two thirty in the afternoon um, until six o'clock. Now that's not what a normal day would be, but um, that way I'm able to say, okay guys, you can find me somewhere on campus um, during this time. Um, versus to say, oh, well, there's a Friday night football game. Come to the sidelines. Well, that's a pretty chaotic place. Yeah. And, and you may not even be able to have to gain access um, mm-hmm. down there to me. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, um, I was going to say Wednesday um, was a, a busy day the d- night before. Um, our cross-country teams did a, a Hoka National um, kind of a, a timing kind of race. Mm-hmm. Um, and... A lot of kids that weren't ready to run a two mile on a track they could run four to six miles out on a cross country course um, and so saw a whole bunch of just that initial hey I've got some shin pain what do mm-hmm. I do and so it was a lot of a, a repeat but uh, really probably I, I jokingly say on those days I've got a, a Fitbit on and and I didn't move from the training room but I probably walked a thousand steps by going back and forth yeah. between between those kids, um, I was there for that. I was, you probably were there until nine or ten at night. Yeah, too, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. It's it's a it was a fun event. Yeah. Uh, um, gave them a chance to kind of see where they're sitting, kind of amongst other other competitors. Maybe not even in in the state, but um, it's be, all sports have become so competitive mm-hmm. that they're going to know. Hey, that school's really good, or that that state's really good, and and comparing themselves and looking to always improve. How much do you or other athletic trainers need to travel like? Uh, you travel with the football team on Fridays, but do yeah. you also travel to a lot of wrestling tournaments and basketball stuff? Or Well, we're fortunate that um, typically not as much travel. So we're going to um, – it kind of depends on, on the setting. Um, from the high school standpoint, I'm going to travel with varsity football. If it's postseason um, for all sports, I'm going to try and travel as best as I can. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, if there was a home game 
Um, there's sometimes where we'll have a little bit of a crossover. For so, for example, in the spring, um, soccer might be going into postseason. We might be hosting, and it might be the first week of baseball and softball. Yeah. And so then that's where working with a uh, a company like Atletico, where I can call up and say, Hey, do you, do we have any a part time or or PRN uh, athletic trainers that could cover? kind of a secondary, I need somebody over at baseball, softball, mm-hmm. while I'm finishing mm-hmm. up with this season. Um, yeah, it's, to me, it's amazing just uh, what how many kids are in a class in Johnson, 600 or something like that? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, how can you possibly see all those kids and, I mean, maybe it's more in college where they're asking, like everybody's asking to get, to get taped and stuff like yep. that, but how can you even tape wrists and ankles and so deal with all that? It's a, you don't have any student trainers, right? Yeah, no. Um, I, I have in the past, and and it, that's enjoyable, but it's also a lot of work. Um, right. Just from yeah. a standpoint of of they want to do a lot, and they're not really trained. So from a, a liability standpoint, mm-hmm. it kind of becomes one of those, okay, I, I need you to have a little bit more, a little bit more education, a um, little bit more, and I'll be honest too, a little bit more maturity from a standpoint of, a high schooler, maybe they're able to be kind of coerced. Hey, come on, can you, you know, don't don't tell Chris that I'm injured. Just just yeah. help me out with this. And so, um, from a standpoint of, it's it's a communication, it's a management, uh, making myself available, and that's where. So if that that athlete, um, one of the things by by having that that freedom and that flexibility to be able to say, hey, you know it not just on Friday would I be there at, at say maybe noon or one o'clock, but knowing that communicating with the coaches, hey, I've got this volleyball player that has this this time period um, open. Are are you available? Can you come and see them? Yeah. So then, and it, from that standpoint, it's kind of nice because uh, right after school, like like anywhere, um, that, that athletic training room is going to be really kind of chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and no offense to the coaches, but they 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 can always tell time when it's time to start practice, but they can't always tell time when practice is over. So they can always do <laughs> do one more rep. Well, so a lot of times it's, you know, at Johnston, we're going to be getting out at uh, 2.50 um, for the school day. And most of the practices, they're either going to be going into meetings at 3 or 3.15 if it was football. Um, and then those players may be able to come back. But again, if they're hanging with their buddies, they may not be real good about mm-hmm. about coming back in. Um, volleyball is looking to be maybe starting at 3.15, 3.30. So it becomes kind of a congestion. So ultimately, it's it's who's in season. And then um, those that are have those questions can can come back and yeah. and be able to say, OK, I need you to come back at 3.45. And if, yeah. if they're willing, then then we can can do that assessment and move them on. You touched on some of the coaches asking you, you know, for a certain athlete. Um, what is your interaction with uh, administration and athletic director and coaches? And this all, I mean, do you have like a billion text messages a day or how, how do you see yourself in the administration type? So, and I'll, I'll take kind of a step back from that. I kind of look at this also both from an administration and that student athlete. Um, yes, I'm an adult. Yes, I'm I'm an authoritative uh, figure, but I'm not a parent. I'm not a coach. I'm not a teacher. So, um, making sure that 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 door is open, um, communication is yeah. is fun, is easy. 
um, from a standpoint that I'm a resource for both from a principal standpoint to I have daily interactions with with our activities directors um, which helps um, because a lot of times that's when uh, maybe in passing in the halls that they're gonna run into um, one of the lower level coaches and say hey when is Chris I know it's football season I know that takes priority and I'm I don't want to say that I don't care about that. I mean, yes, the you know there's there's going to be priorities and you have to prioritize things, but ultimately it's the care, the health care of, of mm-hmm. everyone nine through twelve that's going to be important. So it doesn't matter if they're the number one runner right. or the number two hundredth runner. Yeah. Each one deserves equal care. Kind of along along with that, uh, you know, comprehensive care of the student athlete. Um, you know, do you run into things where there's some serious mental health concerns or emotional health where you need to kind of get help from an administrator or something and refer things on? Yep. And actually, uh, COVID has brought a lot of that out or or made it with less of a stigma. Um, Mm -hmm. For many, many years that I would say that that's been that, you know, that taboo subject. Nobody really wants to to broach those subjects. Mm -hmm. And we had limited amount of of information um, through through the undergrad before taking your your uh, exams and through continuing education knowing hey this is something this is a I know a lot less than I thought I did right mm-hmm. and so as those things um, develop yes using utilizing our our uh, guidance counselors utilizing um, school nurse school nurses is, is probably one of the strongest relationships that an athletic trainer can have mm-hmm. um, followed by that uh, the strength and conditioning coach um, mm-hmm. if a school's fortunate enough to have a, a strength coach, which we do, we're, it's, it's all about a team. And um, not, there really isn't one person that can, can carry that full load. Um, so from a, a mental health standpoint, I'm also kind of fortunate that one of our counselors is our head varsity basketball coach. And kind of, um, his inbox was probably loaded quite a bit in the last, uh, uh, 18 months and anything that came across my desk or my email I was forwarding on to him and I said hey I'm sorry you're my connection mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue to keep filling your inbox mm-hmm. and he was like oh no this stuff's great for me and you know the yeah. non-athletes yeah. so how often are you um, you know communicating with the parents or do you rely on the kind of relaying that through the student athlete to the parents about you know this, I got a sprained ankle or yeah whatever. A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to, I, I kind of, it depends on the scenario. Um, the maturity I, of the athlete. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I guess in a way, look to have them advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. So my first comment would be like, okay, here's my contact information. You sprained your ankle. This is what I need you to do. I don't think it's something that needs to go to an urgent injury clinic. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need an x-ray. If you or your parents have any any questions, then um, you know here's how you get a hold yeah. of me, and that would be that that first day. Second day they come back, and if they haven't had any improvement, it's like okay, I'm going to be reaching out to your folks. We need to you know if if in a day or two things aren't aren't getting better, they aren't progressing, then the high school athletic training room isn't the best place for them. So now the flip side of that is okay, there's a deformity there. No, I'm not. Gonna, yeah. I'm not going to ask that that kid. I'm going to be reaching out to, to the parents, um, any and and that would be for those simple simple type of injuries. Um, obviously, if it's something to where it's you know the kid's able to drive and it's his right foot, I'm not going to have him drive home because he's going to have 
have uh, yeah. potentially issues with that. Um, what's your relationship then with a provider like me, you know, orthopedic surgeon or DMOS or urgent care? You know, how do you utilize the providers that are either on sideline coverage or, you know, kind of on call for you? Yep. So from that standpoint, um, you guys do a great job with uh, the walk-in clinic. Um, that's going to be one of those things where I'm going to say, hey, here's the hours of this. Um, reaching out out to you. Um, also, Dr. Demancy, who's on the sideline with, uh, with us. And and just say, hey, this is what I've got. What do you guys think? Um, is this something? Can I send them in to you? Can I um, work with your your uh, office staff um, and kind of kind of move them through the system? Um, it's kind of one of those things where, again, coming back to that that advocate, I can be helpful, but I don't want to necessarily do all the work for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so meaning the the parent the, right. the athlete right um but want to make that transition because they may never have had to utilize any health services yeah. so then it's like hey well this is kind of what it's like this is you know this is what you can expect it's not tv it's not you're not going to get an mri uh you got hurt today at four o'clock you're not getting an mri at six o'clock <laughs> um no matter what what they show on on some of the different uh, uh tv shows yeah so you kind of um touched on a little bit but uh, what are some of the particular um, difficulties in, te- in treating the teenage athlete, you know? Um, I would say some of it's going to be, um, it, it comes down to that maturity level. Um, if they've been injured, if they have a sibling that's maybe been injured, um, and if they are, let's just say that people pleaser. If I'm always smiling and nodding, uh, then that could throw me off to say, okay, you know, do you really understand? You know, so um, kind of going through, uh, uh, I use a, a teach back method. I'm going to talk. I'm going to try and explain. Um, the kids a lot of times will laugh because I'll use use analogies. Um, for example, that wrestler trying to use he loves fishing. Oh, now I know what you were trying to say. Um, and it clicked. And then the poor girl that was beside him was like, uh, right. I'm not a fisherman. I don't know what you're talking about. So then, you know, so. So working through um, kind of their understanding and then also um, really coming down to having that good communication. Um, so for example, had a, uh, another football player just the other day that, that saw one of your partners um, with a hip injury and was able to FaceTime with him in the office. And so then oh, nice. um, able to hear what they had to say and then he came back to practice and I said, do you have any, you've got a chance to absorb this, do you have any more questions? And so then knowing what was said in the room, I have a, a, a good idea of, well, this is kind of what he meant by this, you know, and, and so then we're able to continue to expand yeah. that, that conversation and, and make him a better patient because now he has a little bit, he's not coming in and thinking, well, I have a dumb question and I don't want, I'm embarrassed, yeah. right? So it's getting over that. The only bad or dumb questions are the ones we don't ask. And so if I can kind of filter some of those out and say, well, this is kind of what we mean or this, you know, and, and kind of narrow it so that it's, it's utilizing that time in the office with you guys that's, that's more productive for both parties. Um, tell me what you are doing on the state level. You're in um, some kind of board or committee for, yeah. for that. So, um, well, I'm on the, the state of Iowa licensure board. Um, I'm in my last year um, sitting on that. So, so basically, the licensure board is made up of, of three athletic trainers, um, at least two, maybe three 
medical um, professionals. So um, we're fortunate we have uh, uh, two doctors from the University of Iowa and a doctor from Broadlands that are all sports medicine fellowship trained. And then we have a member from the, uh, the public. And so um, fortunately, uh, we, don't have, we don't have a lot of issues that we have to deal with. Occasionally we'll have things come up, but ultimately that, that licensure board is there to protect the public. Um, and so in, in that, um, every license licensure board or every licensed professional, so anything from a, a cosmetologist to a, a barber to a dentist to a doctor, there's going to be a, a licensure board to protect the, the greater good of the public. So um, I was asked to serve on that. Um, I'm in my third term. So we, a term is three years. Um, I'm in my last year. Um, okay. So it'll be um, almost nine years that I've, I've been on it. So um, fortunately, we've, we haven't had a lot of uh, uh, things that we've had to investigate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is nice that uh, we've kind of got, we've been able to um, look at some different policies th- throughout the state. Um, for example, when dry needling um, came, came about, um, an athlete trainer from the University of Iowa said, hey, look, uh, I have a doctor that's wanting me to, one of our team docs that wants me to do this. Our, can I do this? And so we took about uh, six months to go through um, did the research and and the funny thing was the um, state of Iowa licensure board for athletic training actually had rules in place before uh, physical therapy um, did. Um, now, in my setting, in the high school setting, there's no way that I'm going to ever go through that education yeah. and and do that. But it's one of those where um, we have a standard set of protocols and, and education that that I as an athletic trainer, if I had an interest in that. I would have to go through, prove to the state that I'm qualified to do this, and then have and still have the the uh, script from the doctor mm-hmm. saying that, yep, I want you to do, provide this service. Um, well, you know, in my scope of practice, uh, with all the nurses and doctors and uh, athletic trainers and everyone that I see, I'm always amazed with how much work you guys have, and I just <laughs> juggling all these balls in the air and you know dealing with maybe athletes who are not tough enough or athletes who are too tough or you know parents trying to get them involved or, or trying parents to step away a little bit and then wrangling the coaches around yep and then the weird hours and the travel and so uh, my hats off to you and your um, uh, compatriots for what you guys do uh, I appreciate you coming in to talk to us this morning and uh, of course my kids are at Johnson so I appreciate you being the athletic trainer there too Um, and uh, you do a great job, and thanks for being with us this morning. You bet. This has been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with a surgeon, call 515-224-1414 or visit dmos.com.